Okay, you'll recall we finished off last time with the because um, with with uh, statements by Rav Zuta Bar Tovia Amar Rav um, that took us first of all in terms of um, what kind of brachot we're supposed to say, uh, and, and then some because of the orality of it, putting it, these statements together about uh, walking in the dark in torches, and then finally the one that a person should uh, be prepared to put himself in the furnace rather than shaming somebody else in public. So um, we finished this whole section. We're going to go back to what kind of um, brachot are recited, when they're recited, and what order they're recited. So we are on the bottom of, of 188. Again, we're, we're dealing with the end of a suda. We remind ourselves that they used to eat with their hands, that they would bring, we thought that we talked about first of all, Mayim Akronim, that they'd wash their hands, but they'd also bring spices. We talked, began last time with the Varech Mugmar, that they would burn the spices to be able to fumigate the place and such. And now they're going to bring good, they're going to bring oil and a myrtle. Why would they do that? Wash your hands into the, the smell. From the smelly meat. Right, exactly. Okay, so it's it's in that context. Again, we're dealing with the end of the meal before Berkatamazon and that kind of thing. So the question will be, which bracha do we say first? Okay, the shaman or the hadas? Okay, somebody wish to read today? All right, Michael. Not surprising, Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel disagree. Okay, so the, it, this is the end again to wash your hands and to smell. Okay? And to in Shemin, in this case, they're saying because of the smell of the oil. I mean, you don't say the bracha to wash your hands per se. Okay, it has to do again with the, that's fragrant oil, and the fragrance is what it's about, and therefore the smelling is the same kind of thing. So Beit Shammai says Shemin. We say the Shemin first, and Beit Hillel says no. You say the Hadas first. Okay, they don't give right now as normal, and I why? Why? Okay, they just say they have this disagreement at this particular time, and then we have a very interesting statement. Ani achriya means I'm going to make the decision. Okay, I'm going to make the decision. Rabbi Gamliel is clearly after Beit Shammai Beit Hillel. He's the Nasi, he's the patriarch, he's the head of the Palestinian community. But I, again, I don't know Talmud by heart, but I don't recall another time somebody saying, Ani Achria. Okay? And in many cases, Rashi says, Ani Achria Litzad Beit Shammai. Meaning, in normally, when there's, a, when there's a disagreement between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, who do we follow? Beit Hillel, except for a number of cases, about 18 cases where we follow Beit Shammai. Rabbi Gamliel says, Ani Achriya, meaning, I'm going to follow Beit Shammai. Okay? That. 
it is more important to say the bracha first on the shemen than the hadas. Well, the shemen on the on the on the hadas. Maybe because the shemen was something that was probably more expensive. Okay, it was harder to come by. Beit Shammai were again, if you deal with the the Marxian approach of the, of the higher class, Beit Hillel of the lower class, may have been more readily available for them, better better uh, shemen, etc. Don't know exactly why, but, but shemen is also shemen is used to consecrate. No, but this is this is fragrant oil. The purpose is the fragrance. It's not consecration. This isn't uh, anything that beyond that. Maybe because a hadas just grows somewhere. Right. It's, it's a, it's, you can easily pick a hadas. Uh-huh. The shaman you have to create. Okay, you have to create the oil, and 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 probably give it a fragrance. Now. So why do, why does this the Talmud comes and basically says this is why Rabbi Rabbi Gamliel says this one is more important. What can you do with shemen? You can both use it for its fragrance and okay, you can anoint. They're not saying we're going to in this case, but you can. The hadas has a fragrance, but that's about all you can do with it. You don't need a hadas. Right? You're not going to do anything else with it. Meaning, the shemen now is more important, and therefore we say the bracha on the shemen before the hadas. That's what Rabbi Gamliel, in a sense, is saying, um, and therefore he follows that. Sicha is anoint, anoint. Mashiach. That's where Mashiach comes from. The anointed one. He said, "This is a sana." But it's the same. It's the same. It's the same word. So okay. So Rabbi Yochanan then comes and says, who is Rabbi Gamliel?" So they're using this same concept. Before we go further, let's look at Ani down at the Ani uh, Musag. Musag. Hachoriyat haragil b'talmud shomem min hamatsui. Normally, hachra means the deciding. Okay, the decision-making process is not normally done as it's done here. This is unusual. Ani achria. One rabbi says, "I'm going to make that decision." Normally, the person, what would they try to do? Bring a harmonized point of view, weigh the two, and bring something somewhere in the middle. Rather than say, Behila, you're totally wrong. Okay, we've seen the harmonization at all, you know, all kinds of things. He dis- he says it's Beit Shammai. Period. We don't even follow Beit Hillel at all. Mayin. 
ובין בשם העשוי לריח. רבן גמליאל הכריע שבשם הטוב העשוי לריח And some suggest that because there's a difference between real good oil and oil that, that can be used for anointing and oil just for fragrance, because it's real good stuff, this is the way he says it. But if it wasn't real good stuff, maybe we wouldn't necessarily go that way. That's the presumption. The words Vaniyamakriya, therefore, are not normative, and he's pointing out here that they're not normative because normally they try to, in a sense, harmonize. Find something in the middle instead of just saying Beit Shammai. Okay, now we can go back to the text. And again, as we've had in the past, we have a discussion, we have an opinion, and now we're going to have a Masesha Hayah. We're going to have a, an, an actual case where this occurred. Yep. We're now, you know, first of all, you know, the first part is all about Pal in Palestinian, Judean. Now we're into, now we're into Babylonia. Ah, okay. So we're a couple generations later in Babylonia, and they brought he Rav Papa was in Rav Huna's place, and they brought at the end of the meal Shemin and Hadas. Ah, he took Rav Papa. Each one, and he said the bracha on the hadas first, rather than the shemen. Don't you hold like Rabbi Gamliel hamachria? I mean, you must know exactly what the case is. <coughs> okay, I. I know what the Machriya said, but I have another case, in this case, of Rava, who's a pretty important person, to be able to say, and I'm following that. As long as I have a tradition to follow, and it's a Beit Hillel tradition, I'm safe, right? I'm not disagreeing necessarily, I'm disagreeing with Rava Gamliel as he made the decision, but I can do that because I have a legitimate decision of Beit Hillel, and that's what I'm begin that's what I'm following. Okay. The the Steinzel says Lashmit Atzmo Hu Oseh. Okay? He he basically is using this as an excuse to be able to find the reason that he did it. In other words, he may not disagree agree. He finally said, you know, uh, maybe you're right. Um, but to tell you the truth, I'm following another one. So he's really giving an excuse to be able to say what what he really has here. And, and I'm not going to go into the unim in this case because it's a it's a long one. But it basically says we, the the words of Rabban Gamliel was, weren't necessarily accepted. He had another tradition. <clears throat> he didn't want to risk a degree with Rabban Gamliel, so publicly, so he I follow Rama uh, who followed Beit Hillel. Yeah. So. Isn't it unusual for uh, the rationale of uh, Hillel not to even be mentioned? I mean, we don't know the basis of Hillel's position, right? Right, right. It is. That's why this whole thing is a little odd with Mahriya. Right. Yeah. You would think they'd, they'd come and, and give us. Uh, you know, we have an idea now why why Shammai says we don't know exactly why Hillel says. You're right. 
Just don't know. Just don't know. Okay? Now we're going to deal. We've got what we now Shemin and Yayin. Okay? They're going to have both oil for fragrance and wine that they're going to bring. Okay, so you take the oil in your right hand, the wine in your left hand. They didn't agree again. You know, life is never simple. So, again, you got oil for fragrance and wine. Remember, you're at the end of the meal. Which one do you say the bracha first? Beit Shammai says, as is they followed before, Shemin first. No matter if it's Hadas second or Yayin second. Beit Hillel says, whatever it is, Shemin second. Hadas first or Yayin first. Okay, but tachu. Tachu really means to wipe it down. If there's, if there's, you, you put your hands in Shemin, right? They get kind of sticky, to say the least. Okay, oily and sticky. What do you do at that point? You're not going to, if there's any book, I mean, what are you going to do with your hands? You're going to wipe, you know, if you were a kid, what would you do? Wipe on your pants. Right. Okay, it's clear. So what would you do in this case? You, the servant, you would take and put it on his head. Oh, that's nice. All right, wipe, you know, put it in. And, right, almost anointing him. Wipe it into his his, uh, his scalp. Presumably that, that is good for him. Okay. Right? Why? Ve'im. Okay, and if your hands are all greasy, you don't want to mess up a tummy chacham. Better wipe it on the wall. Clearly they didn't have bounty and paper towels in, in, in those days. All right? Um, were towels available no. to people? Okay, but but presumably you wouldn't have a towel per person and then wash it and then get it back and you know. They didn't have right. They they didn't have any of this stuff. Right. Well, and and oil you can't. I mean, if you just wash your hands, you can do it. But oil you can't do that. Right. It's going to stick to you. Because it's not good for Tommy Chakam to go out perfumed into the shuk. Why? Why? No. Because he has to sexual issues. If he's going out perfumed, then he's either looking for, or you know, or able to give, or whatever the case may be. Not only, not necessarily homosexuality, but of any kind of sexuality. All right? Okay. Is this is this a uh, an argument of the plebeians versus the patricians that the uh, the poor ones really are arguing uh, on the things that they can't do in any case because they don't have the money to do it? You're reading Finkelstein, so <laughs> you know, maybe. Maybe you know, as I said before, it it can be uh, as it sense, um, and we're kind of left there in this in this case. So, what I want to do first of all before we go on, um, just let's do the Orach Hachaim Orach Halacha. This space I das v'shemen. 
so what is the what is the halacha? You say the hadas, and you don't have to say the shimon, even. Go ahead. Okay, so the answer is we don't know why, Steve, but we follow Beit Hillel regardless. Because it's Beit Hillel. Bivchinat Maser Rav. He gave us an act, you know, Maser Shehaya, something that happened, we're going to accept, and that was acceptable. That 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 it would that they had when when the, when the Talmud says Velohi, that has to do with it's not really Rava's statement but Halacha is that way. Yain v'Shemen. Yain v'Shemen. Tov. Tov. Okay. Good. Oil. And again, Beit Hillel. Okay, so we follow Beit Hillel in both cases. Uh, and if you go back to Richard to your concepts, it was normal to follow Beit Hillel because people—that's most of the people out there, not the aristocracy. We're now going to get to a, an interesting section um, that has to do with we. What do we had? We had Ivi'in Shamash Talmid Chachamhu, right? So they're now going to go, that's the oral nature. We have a word, Talmid Chacham. It's not appropriate for Talmid Chacham to go out in the shuk perfumed. And they have a section somewhere that somebody now takes and puts into this section. There are six things that a Talmid Chacham shouldn't do. This is clearly going to be one of them. Okay? So let's deal with the other five too. You can see the oral, again, you can see the oral nature. They had a a whole learning, you had to figure out where it went. Because you mentioned that Talmud Chacham shouldn't go into the shuk perfumed, here's an opportunity to say, and they shouldn't also do X, Y, and Z. So listen carefully what you shouldn't do. By the way, in this one, Rashi's quoted as saying not to attract other men. Yeah, yeah we'll get to that because it says it later. But I'm not so sure it's only men, to be honest with you. Okay, so these are six things if you want to be a Talmid Chacham it's not appropriate for you to do. That's the tie to our previous section. Right? The first one is you shouldn't go out perfumed into the shuk. And remember the shuk is the public road. The public thoroughfare. And you shouldn't go out alone at night. Matulaim seems to be patched. In other words, you shouldn't go out in patched sandals, in patched you know, pasnish. Your mother didn't dress you right. Okay? We're going to get answers to why all these later yet. Don't stand around talking to a woman in the shuk. Could lead to And don't sit with Amarits. And again, going back, the Amarits really are not really the ignoramuses. 
they are the people who really don't, you know, have a whole different concept of what life is, and you don't want to be with them because they'll lead you astray. And don't walk in the last one to the best midrash. I would say the Beit Knesset in our case, but I won't go there. All right, don't go walk in the end because normally what happens when you walk in the end, in, in, into at least into the synagogue, you sit in the front. You sit in the front, exactly. <laughs> and I know exactly when you walk in. The seats in the back are taken right away. Here, Jerry knows she's here early. You know, so but here, here it's, it means you know if you're gonna. You're supposed to get up early to study Torah. That's the way the Shulchan Aruch starts. You're supposed to get up as a lion to begin to, to take Torah and everything else. Don't want sauntering late to the best midrash. Someone's got to be last. Somebody's, that's true. Somebody's got to be last. But you don't have to try for it. You don't have to try for it. I told the story the other day um, um, that um, 